Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today's show is about healthy living to and past 100. I'll be speaking with Dr. Norm Sheely, a leading pioneer and authority in the field of alternative medicine for over three decades. In 1978, Dr. Sheely founded the American Holistic Medical Association, which included the concepts of spiritual healing and spiritual health. Since that time, Dr. Sheely has completed more than 20 years of research into anti-aging. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, Holistic Products for Body, Mind, and Soul, and PurePlantEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes Store and subscribe for our complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Dr. Norm Sheely is one of the world's leading experts in pain management. He was among the first physicians ever to specialize in the resolution of chronic pain. In 1971, Dr. Sheely founded the first comprehensive pain and stress management facility in the U.S., the Sheely Institute. This medical center has become world-renowned for its far-sighted therapies and treatments. Dr. Sheely says that while the science of medicine is indispensable to the physician, it is the art of practicing medicine that heals the human body and soul. Through his research, Dr. Sheely discovered five intrinsic electrical circuits in the human body, and upon completion of this work, theorized that the average lifespan should be about 140 years of age. Dr. Sheely's work has expanded the field of energy medicine, and his groundbreaking work with Carolyn Mace led to the first doctoral program in energy medicine and to the establishment of Holos University Graduate Seminary. Dr. Sheely produced the 90-minute DVD medical renaissance, The Secret Code, which demonstrates the success of a comprehensive holistic approach to almost all illnesses. His 85% success rate treating over 30,000 patients with chronic pain and depression is unequaled. Health renaissance is the major field of the future. The future of true health will be enhanced tremendously with health practitioners who teach, coach, counsel, and educate individuals to take responsibility for their own health. To learn more about Dr. Norm Sheely and his work in anti-aging medicine, please visit his website at normsheely.com. Please welcome to the show my phenomenal guest, Dr. Norm Sheely. Aloha, Norm. Welcome to the show. I am so honored to have you with us. Well, it's a great pleasure to be with you and to have you produce it, this program. Well, how did it all begin for you, Norm? What was your <laughs> oh, <laughs> what boy. was your Back training? The beginning. <laughs> what was your training as a physician, and what inspired you to pioneer the field of alternative medicine? Well, in 1972, through a whole series of interesting events, I attended for the first time a meeting at the Edgar Casey Foundation, the ARE in Virginia Beach, and I can truthfully say that it. Uh, what Andrea Pahara called led to the rupture of the mental hymen. I mean, I was a pretty straight, you know, left-brain scientific person, and all of a sudden, in a concert by a trans-medium harpist, I had an out-of-body experience, floating above a crowd of 200 people. And uh, I guess that really was the beginning of looking at a wide variety of alternatives. Mm-hmm. So what was your training as a physician? 
well, it didn't talk about out-of-body experiences or anything <laughs> else psychic. Uh, you know, it was pretty straight. Um, well, I was interested in neurosurgery from the beginning, so I was one of those rare people who actually loved neuroanatomy, which is very complex, and neurophysiology, and came close to even getting a Ph.D. in physiology instead of psychology. So I, I was, you know, traditionally, classically trained, and then all of a sudden, I learned that I could project myself out of my body without trying mm-hmm. and float around a crowd or go into past lives. And once you've done that, you know, you can't go back. So you were pretty traditionally trained. You, you what? Uh, you you went you went. You went to Duke? It was I went to Duke, undergraduate yeah. and medical school, mm-hmm. interned at Duke in internal medicine, mm-hmm. had a year of general surgery at Washington University, Barnes Hospital, and then five years of neurosurgery at the Massachusetts General Hospital in mm-hmm. Boston. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's about as straight as you can be. So, so uh, did you go just straight into alternative medicine after you had this experience? or? <laughs> Well, by that time, I had actually had a couple of intuitive discoveries. I was looking at at the people who failed conventional medicine for pain control and was already aware that many, many of the people who were being operated on, especially in the back, for so-called ruptured disc, really didn't have ruptured disc. I, I reviewed 250 cases of people who had failed surgery, and I could only be certain that at the most, 20% of them had had a truly ruptured disc. And so I started talking about that that same year. Just coincidentally, I presented my meeting, uh, my, my findings at a national meeting of the American Academy of Family Practice, and I said, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. We should be operating on people who don't have a ruptured disc. And I was looking for ways of managing these people without drugs, which I thought were making them worse, and certainly without additional surgery. So it just was coincidental that at that particular time, I uh, happened to get invited to go to this meeting, which was about as far out as one can be. You know, they talked about colonics and color therapy, and, and interestingly, it was the first time I was aware that I have always seen the human energy system. I mean, it, to me, it's no different from looking at a person's shirt or necklace or whatever. I see energy around people, and I didn't know that other people didn't see that, except mm-hmm. some people do. Mm-hmm. And it was talked about at that meeting. And how did you meet Carolyn Mace and begin well, working with medical intuition using that in your practice? Well, actually, as a result of that meeting, I said, I really would like to meet a good, in those days we called it psychic. And they, some, a friend I met there <clears throat> referred me to Henry Rucker, a psychic in Chicago. And I walked into Henry's office a few months later, and he said, I've been waiting 10 years for you. My teacher told me you would come. <laughs> and I invited Henry to come up to my clinic in La Crosse, Wisconsin, to see whether he could make a diagnosis without knowing anything about the patients. Well, Henry was at least 70% accurate with no training whatsoever, so I started working with Henry. 
And in fact, I got a grant for $50,000 from a Fortune 500 company to investigate psychic diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And what year was this? Over the next year, I'm sorry? And what year was this? Uh, 1973. Wow, that was quite some time ago. And? Well, it was. And so I I was already pretty far out on a twig by then. Mm -hmm. And so we, I did see 75 people who were sort of street psychics all of whom I was referred to by one, you know, one or another person. And I found that five of these 75 were 70 to 75% accurate, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal because the average physician is only 80% accurate with a history of a physical exam. Mm-hmm. And so I was working with a couple of these people, and then in 1984, I was at a meeting that Elmer Green, who's the father of clinical biofeedback, founded. He is in 1975, I was invited to something called the Council Grove Conference. And over the years, I kept going back to this meeting. In 1984, Carolyn just happened to be one of the guests there. Mm-hmm. And she introduced herself, and I said, how good are you? Well, she didn't know, of course. And so a few months later, in uh, June of 1984, she and I started working together, and we still are. Oh, okay. So, And you were having good success with using medical intuition in your practice. Well, yes. Bob Lightman, who is actually a physician, was 96% accurate in reading the the psyche, the emotional part of a person. Mm -hmm. He was only 80% accurate in reading the physical diagnosis, but he trained himself working with a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Carolyn turned out to be 93% accurate in in making a diagnosis either physically or emotionally. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she is overall the best that I have have discovered, although there are a few other people who are very good. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that is? You think why it's just I a guess? Why do think there are very few, or why do I think there's some who can't? Yes. I, you know, do you have any insights about that? Well, I think all of us are intuitive. Mm-hmm. Now, my own intuition, of course, occasionally it is in knowing without doing anything what's wrong with a patient. But mostly mine has been in making discoveries, mm-hmm. um, seeing possibilities for improving treatment. Mm-hmm. And I've got now 12 patents in the field, all of them related to really some kind of gadget that I have developed to help in healing. Mm-hmm. Other people are excellent, as Yuri Geller, for instance, was, who was famous for you know, stopping watches and bending spoons, but Yuri made a fortune dowsing for oil. Mm-hmm. He got a percentage of every oil well that came in. Mm-hmm. And others, like Carolyn, just happened to read people. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think all music and art and even science really is based upon intuition. Mm-hmm. All right, you pioneered the concept of biogenics. What is biogenics, and what did you dis- did you discover in your research into the field of biogenics? Well, basically, I learned in 1972 at that same meeting about something called autogenic training. It's a technique that was developed in 1912, and by 1969, there were already six books on the field of autogenic training, a very straightforward, simple self-hypnosis technique developed by Dr. J.H. Schultz of Germany. And they had 2,600 scientific references showing it could cure 80% of stress illnesses. Well, as I began working with it, 
I learned that there are dozens of similar techniques that are not necessarily quite so specific as autogenic training, but t techniques which I learned would help people relax, stay focused in the present time, get in touch with the, the stress they're holding in their physical body, either as tension or pain or even blockage of all feelings whatsoever, mm -hmm. and learning to balance the emotional unfinished business and finally spiritual attunement. So mm -hmm. biogenics is a systematic way of teaching people relaxation, balancing the physical body, balancing the emotions, and then getting in touch with the soul. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your recommendations for optimal health? What are the basics for health and longevity? Ah, well, that one is fairly easy. It's just that 97% of people don't do it. Mm. There's a wonderful article published almost three years ago now. They had actually evaluated 160,000 people. That's a very big study. Mm -hmm. And they looked at what they'd consider the four most essential basic habits. No smoking. A body mass index between 18 and 24. Eating five servings minimum of fruits or vegetables a day. Mm -hmm. And exercising 30 minutes five days a week. Mm -hmm they found that only 3% of Americans have all of those four simple habits. Mm -hmm. So we know that at least 85% of all illness is the fact that people smoke, are fat, are inactive, or don't eat well. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that medicine or surgery is ever going to do to improve that. It takes personal responsibility for it. And, of course, that starts with what I would consider the most essential law, which is an attitude. Mm -hmm. That attitude has to be, I'm okay, God does not create junk, and I am responsible for my thoughts and actions. Mm -hmm. And so do you think that you know, a part of it is self-love, then? Ah, uh, yes. That is another of the big problems, isn't it? Lack of personal self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I am convinced from talking to many, many thousands of people, in addition to the 30-plus thousand I've worked with as patients, that approximately 40% of all people, in this country at least, are clinically depressed. Mm -hmm. Half of those, 20%, are on medication for it. And medication sucks, by the way. Yes. Another 40% are what I call subclinically depressed. That is, if you do the screening test... You, know, you get a certain score that you're depressed. Well, these people are just below that, so they're not happy, but they're not absolutely clinically depressed. So only 20% of Americans are happy. Mm -hmm. And that was for those of us who are fortunate enough to have been brought up feeling okay about ourselves, that, that's hard to understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've often said I did not have the courage to choose abusive parents. My parents may not have been perfect, but they were perfect for me. Mm -hmm. They made me feel good and okay about mm -hmm. being me. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I think that is the foundation for self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. It's being wanted by your parents, mm -hmm. being nurtured by your parents, being encouraged by your parents. Now, if you happen not to get that, which a lot of my patients did not. What do you think the percentages of that, Norm? I'm sorry? What do you think the percentage is? Is it probably in line with the percentages you were giving about how many people are depressed? 
Well, you know, my wife and I wrote a book back in the 70s called To Parent or Not. And we wrote that because Ann Landers had a column in which she had written something about whether or not people wanted to have children. And she had had tens of thousands of letters. Mm-hmm. And she said that 70% of people who were parents wished they'd never had a child. Mm-hmm. And that was, to me, just appalling because I don't think you should have a child if you don't want to have a child. I don't think you should have a child if you don't want to nurture and nourish that child. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most people just have children because they're horny. Mm-hmm. Or they think people are supposed to. Yes. And that's not a good reason to have a child. Yes. So, so we need to do a much better job mm-hmm. of educating children. To, to like themselves, yeah. you know. Their parents don't have to be perfect, but the children need to know that they are a gift of God. Yes. And they need to, you know, overcome whatever shortcomings their parents have have had in raising them. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're 20 or 21, it's time to take care of yourself and treat yourself the way you would like to be treated. Yes. So, what are your thoughts on supplementation, Norm? <laughs> well, I always say, if if you lived on a farm at least 50 miles away from a major city, mm-hmm. raised all of your fruits and vegetables and meats, etc., I don't think you would necessarily need supplements. Mm-hmm. But if you are, if you live in a city, if you work in a city, if you travel a lot, I don't think it's possible to get all the nutrients you need from uh, the food you get in a grocery store. I personally would not spend extra to buy most of the so-called organic foods Mm -hmm. because I don't trust that they're truly organic. Mm -hmm. Now, we chose 40 years ago to live on a farm. And in fact, one of my newsletters coming out soon is, is, is called Feeding Your Temple, the temple being your body. And I talk about what we raise. We raise, conservatively, 90% of the vegetables that we eat. Mm-hmm. We raise 70% of the fruits we eat. And we do buy uh, range-fed chicken and beef and get Alaska salmon, etc. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Although I think if you've got a lawn, if you've got a house with a lawn... I think that you should not be mowing grass. You should be planting vegetables and fruits. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, if you can't do all of these things, then I think you need supplements. And and if people are interested in what I recommend, they can go to my website, normsheely.com, and over on the left, uh, I have archives of all of my newsletters for the last four or five years. And I've talked about this many, many times in what is the way to eat? What are the right vegetables and the right wide variety of vegetables and fruits and things that should make up approximately 80% of what you're eating? So you believe in eating fresh over organic? Well, right. It's more important to eat fresh and which would be local. Because then well, you, it, it is. hasn't grown within 50 miles of mm-hmm. where you live, and it also reduces important. carbon footprint. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
if you can't, I think the next best is frozen when it comes to vegetables and fruits. Mm -hmm. But to be quite honest, here well, on the farm, for winter, for most of our veggies, we actually can them in jars mm -hmm. because it's so much easier to use. And so you lose some of the nutrients in that, but there's still quality. And I do take supplements. I take a whole bunch of supplements. Mm -hmm. um, now, is that individual? Are, There's some basic supplements for everyone, or is it individual? Well, I think the what? two most essential basic units for everyone are an excellent, high-potency vitamin-mineral compound. Mm -hmm. Now, the one I take gives me 100 milligrams a day of the B vitamins plus uh, at least adequate amounts of C and D. And, and the minerals. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition, I also take one I call Youth Formula, which is a combination of vitamin C and methyl sulfonylmethane because it's one of the ones that we found will help rejuvenate your body's ability to make its own DHEA, dehydroepiandrosterone, the most important hormone in the body, the one that tells you what your stress reserves really are. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the basics for everyone. Now, I take a lot of beta carotene. I take a lot of astaxanthin, A-S-T-A-X-A-N-T-H-I-N. It's another one of the carotenoid types that is particularly good for your immune system. Mm -hmm. So you also recommend, like if you're a vegan, to do um, taurine, right? Oh, yes. And that's a real problem because most people cannot make taurine, we seem to lose that ability somewhere in early childhood to convert um, cysteine into methionine and into taurine. Mm -hmm. And so most people need taurine. We found that 86% of our depressed people are low in taurine even when they're eating meat. So taurine can be a tremendous adjunct. And of course, vegans sooner or later are going to wind up with B12 deficiency if they do not take it as a supplement. Mm -hmm. There's no B12 in the vegetable kingdom. Mm -hmm. Okay, and as an antioxidant, the, the top supplement you recommend is vitamin C, is that right? Well, vitamin C is, is the most basic, it, it, and, and beta-carotene, of course, and vitamin E. Those mm -hmm. three work together. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you take one without the others, you don't get anywhere near the efficacy. Mm -hmm. But beyond those three, the one that is most missing probably is CoQ10 mm -hmm. or Ubiquinone. I love the word. It just sounds like something from Star Wars. <laughs> but, but it also is, is like a great hero in, in Star Wars. It, it's one of the most powerful in protecting the heart and all the organs mm -hmm. from um, stress. And stress is the cause behind a lot of the a lot of illness, right? Well, actually, I think stress is the basis for all illness, but that includes mental emotional stress as well as chemical stress as well as physical stress as well as electromagnetic stress mm -hmm. so which has uh, really increased not, the electromagnetic oh, yes. stress in is fact. One of the reasons that I closed my clinic in the city of Springfield is that over a 10-year period, the background electromagnetic contamination, if you will, went from about one-half milligauss to two-and-a-half to three milligauss, 
And three milligauss of electromagnetic energy is enough, if you're exposed to it eight hours a day, to double the incidence of brain cancer and leukemia, both of which have increased in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we live 14 miles out of Springfield where there's no ambient, no measurable mm -hmm. electromagnetic How do you measure that? There's a tiny little device called a tri-field, T-R-I-F-I-E-L-D meter. Mm -hmm. And um, I think everybody should use this to look at their home to be sure they're not sitting near something. You know, interestingly, a refrigerator is extremely high when it's going off. Mm -hmm. An electric typewriter is much, much worse than a computer. But a printer is one of the worst in, a, in an office or a home. You don't want to sit within six feet of a printer. Wow. And so is there anything you can do to neutralize those? Well, we did some research on a product called the Q-Pendant. Claris, C-L-A-R-U-S is the company that makes it. And what we found is that that, at least for the brain's point of view, mm -hmm. will block up to 50 milligauss of electromagnetic background noise. Mm -hmm. And so I do recommend that people, especially who live in cities or who travel a lot, use something like a Cupid. It's the only one that I know has had any scientific research behind it, and I have no financial interest in it. I did it as an independent research project at the urging of a physicist friend of mine, Dr. Bill Tiller. Mm -hmm. So I've heard crystals can help. I believe... I believe, and I have a dream. <laughs> I really do believe that crystals can. However, you live. Don't they have a lot of crystals where you are? Are there quite uh, a few? Well, actually, not that many. We have a lot of limestone. Okay. But of course, I've been working with crystals and researching them since 1988. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did one project with depressed people where, after they were well, we gave them either a quartz crystal or a glass crystal. They didn't know which they were getting, and they imprinted it with their own desire to be free of depression. Mm -hmm. We have ways of doing it. And when they came back in three months with no further intervention, 28% of those who got glass were still out of depression, mm -hmm. but 70% of those who had a coarse crystal were out of depression. So that's statistically wow. significant at the point one level, highly statistically significant. Mm -hmm. And so we know that it... it they can imprint or be imprinted with that they can send, receive, and store electromagnetic energy, and thought is electromagnetic energy. Yes. So I believe it's possible, but the research hasn't been done as far as using those to protect you mm -hmm. from electromagnetic stress. So what other means of protection? Have you done any other research with protection uh, for, that people can use as far as just their thoughts? since they are electromagnetic, well, can, can we do, you know? I haven't done any research on it, but I have a huge amount of anecdotal use. Mm -hmm. Many years ago, back in the mid-70s, I read a little book called Irritation, The Destructive Fire by Torquem Saradarian. I've reread that book at least five times. It's only about 50 pages. Mm -hmm. And he said, irritation, and he listed like, 30 causes of irritation, which is anger and other things, but it's also acid rock music and, you know, a lot of things. Irritation actually creates something he called imperil, which destroys the etheric nervous system. Mm -hmm. 
And the antidotes, and he listed 20-some-odd antidotes, the antidotes include roses. So ever since I read that little booklet, I have used a very inexpensive but pure, diluted, of course, rose oil. Mm-hmm. And that rose oil, see, and, and interestingly, years later, I learned that Torquem himself used rose oil. Mm-hmm. He always put a drop on his hands and rubbed them together before he went out in public. I put a couple of drops on my hands, rub it on my chest, on my forehead, on the top of my head, and then I'm out. <laughs> And I have many, many people who do that, and some of the best intuitives that I know believe in it and use it as well. So I think I it have does. one right here in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I keep You're it with me. It. And I also have rose quartz crystal right by my ah, computer. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And if you imprint them, I'm sure they would do the work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my sense. But, um, so, so what you will? Know, go ahead. Well, speaking of intention, mm-hmm. I am, you know, we've all heard that your intent when you're cooking food affects it. Last week, I just happened on a public television program on wine. And, it, you know, we just happened to pop into it briefly. There was a man who was saying that not only is the soil where you grow it and the climate, but the the intent of the person making the wine influences the outcome. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's known in the winemaking world, it's got to be important. So our intention of imprinting what's happening in and around us is critically important. Mm-hmm. And I think that must go hand-in-hand hand with one's sense of self-esteem. You bet. That is, again, absolutely unequivocal. You can't afford the luxury. One of my patients taught me this many years ago. She said, I now realize I cannot afford the luxury of depression. Mm-hmm. Yes. That feeling of joy, just the joy of being alive. Yes. yes. But so I, th- I feel it's always there. You just need to attain to it. I think the cells yes, are to, enjoying be being nurtured. alive. Yes, and then you nurture it. Yes. So what role do hormones play in health and longevity? Do you have any suggestions for balancing hormones naturally through diet, supplementation, and exercise? Well, of course we know that physical exercise is critically important. Teenage athletes, for instance, have much higher levels of DHEA than their couch potato colleagues. Mm -hmm. So physical exercise improves especially DHEA, but it it balances the whole endocrine system. Being outside in natural light is also known to assist. Joy, happiness, laughing. You know, I did a little study, oh gosh, over almost 20 years ago, where we just did what I call artificial laughter. You know, not just watching a comedy or something, but just (laughs) for 10 minutes. That raises beta endorphins that make you feel great. Sex. You know, having sex. Now, this this always leads to huge numbers of questions when I do workshops. One of my my um, secretaries years ago gave me a little hanging to go in the window. Um, the only safe sex is in the palm of your hand. And I just happen to be basically philosophically very Reichian, Wilhelm Reich, concept that 
people need to learn how to pleasure themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and it's one of the great stupidities of our society left over from the Victorian age. But uh, Reich felt that people who went without orgasm for three months could go insane. And so if you don't have a partner, you need to learn how to please yourself. And he said, even if you've got well, a partner, even if you, you do have a partner. Play Sorry? <laughs> even if you do have a partner. I think even if you do have a partner, that's right. Yeah. Well, especially, you've got two choices when you travel. You can do something extremely stupid and have an affair, which is the backbone of most broken-up marriages, or you can learn to have fun with yourself. Mm -hmm. And we did a study on that also. I actually measured a wide variety of neurohormones in four couples where I went out to their home and drew their blood, went away for 45 minutes, where on three separate occasions they either had sex together, they masturbated together, or they masturbated alone. And we found that it didn't make any difference. The hormonal response was totally dependent upon their attitude while doing it. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to enjoy it, don't do it. Yes. And so those are really the main... And meditation, by the way, another frequent contribution to helping your, your DHEA is regular meditation. Mm -hmm. All of those are the natural things. Now, there are four other things I've discovered that can help those people who are burned out. And this really is what adrenal burnout is. It, it is a lowering to well below normal levels of DHEA or dehydroepiandrosterone. There are four natural things one can add to the ones I've already mentioned if you're already burned out. That is, magnesium lotion won't work orally, won't work IV, but it works if you put it through the skin. Next is youth formula, which is a combination of vitamin C, 2 grams, and MSM, 1 gram. Natural progesterone cream. It will help restore the ability to make DHEA. And interestingly, when I published that, a professor of endocrinology wrote a letter that said there's no pathway to convert progesterone to DHEA, to which I responded, good thing my patients don't know that because they can do it. And then finally, there is an electrical stimulator that has human DNA frequency, which is 54 to 78 billion cycles per second at a billionth of a watt. If you apply that to 12 specific acupuncture points that I call the ring of fire, mm -hmm. That also will significantly increase base levels of DHEA. So there are four techniques you can do in addition to sex and joy and laughter and, and being outside and, and, and being physically active. So there are a whole bunch of ways to restore, rejuvenate, if you will, the body's ability to stay healthy and to keep your hormonal system healthy. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and let's talk a little more about your these uh, through your research. You discovered these five intrinsic electrical circuits or rings in the human body. Could you talk about the five rings? And is it possible that you could guide us or do a little exercise to kind of take us, uh, give well, us a we sample of that? Well, we haven't done the work just on visualization, but I have demonstrated that at least with the ring of crystal, which reduces free radicals, it's the easiest one to test. In fact, I recommend that people get a couple of little test vials called Oxidata, O-X-I hyphen D-A-T-A. They measure the malonaldehyde, which is the breakdown of the cell walls that have been killed because of free radicals. Mm -hmm. And most people are running like 
three plus to five plus, which is a lot. You want zero to one plus. And if you stimulate the ring of crystal, which is 13 specific acupuncture points, three days in a row adequately, mm-hmm. it can reduce free radical production by 85%, which is phenomenal. That alone would make a huge difference in health and longevity if people would do it regularly. So you could test yourself and just tap and massage those specific acupuncture points uh, three days in a row, check your uh, malondialdehyde or oxidative test again afterwards. And if it's down, you know you could do it with your mind and tapping. And, of course, once you've proven that, then you almost certainly can do any of the circuits that way. So fire raises DHEA. And not only does it raise DHEA, we have clinically demonstrated that it will relieve migraine headache significantly in 70% of people. It will relieve diabetic pain in 80% of people. It will treat 70% of people with depression just by doing the ring of fire. So it has phenomenal clinical implications. The ring of earth is another one that is particularly important because it raises calcitonin. Calcitonin is a hormone produced by the thyroid gland that is the strongest natural pain reliever produced in the body, 40 to 60 times as powerful as morphine. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the ring of earth would be another critical one. And then the ring of crystal, which release, reduces free radicals. Those three, I think, that have the potential of adding 39 or 40 years to average life wow, expectancy. Wow, that's incredible. So could could you give us a sample at all, guide us, and give us a sample of I'm that? Sorry? Is that? Is it possible for you to guide us uh, to have an experience of that? I've what? experienced your... Um, I have the program you did with Carolyn, Medical Intuition, oh, sure, sure. where you, you do a guide in the, the rings. Is it possible you could give a sample? Sure. Well, why don't we do the ring of fire? Because I think it's, okay. it's one of my favorites. Wonderful. Well, get into a very comfortable position. Relax. You can do this sitting or reclining, but you don't want to fall asleep. So reclining isn't always the best for some people. Just get as relaxed as you can. And then imagine at the insides of your ankles, behind the inside ankle bone, you have two sacred altars on which they're burning beautiful red fires. And into the red flames throw all of your unfinished business related to your family, whatever it is, and see the red flames grow brighter and higher the energy move up the insides of your legs and across to the center of your pubic bone and up the center of your abdomen just below the belly button and there you have two gorgeous sacred altars with orange fires and into the orange flames throw all of your unfinished business related to your sexuality to finances, to security, and see the beautiful orange flames grow ever brighter and move through your abdomen to a point one inch to either side on the middle of your spine, just behind your belly button, but one inch to either side. There you have two more sacred altars with beautiful yellow flames. 
and into the yellow flame throw all of your unfinished business related to yourself, to your self-esteem, to your sense of responsibility, yours or others. And the energy plane brings forth a great feeling of being, I'm okay. And the yellow flames move up through the center of your chest and come out just below the top of your breastbone where you have one sacred altar with gorgeous emerald green flames. And into the emerald fires throw all of your unfinished business related to love, to justice, to judgment of any kind. And the green flames grow ever brighter and stronger. And the energy moves up and down the front and insides of your arms just above your wrists and up the sides of your neck just below your ears. And there you have four sacred altars. And on those four sacred altars are burning deep blue flames. And to the blue fires throw all of your unfinished business related to your personal will, your needs and desires, the things you've not expressed that should have been, any resentments you have about expressing your needs and desires. And the energy moves up through the center of your brain and comes out on the top, just above your ears in the center of your head. And there you have a sacred altar with gorgeous amethyst lavender flames. And into the lavender fires throw all of your unfinished business related to God, to soul, to existence, to purpose and meaning in life. And the brilliant violet flames go up into the sky to meet with your soul. And be aware that this energy, this energy that is essentially your fire energy, the energy that is the battery of life itself, is ever-present, and you can regenerate it and encourage it by using these kinds of thoughts, and being aware that you are indeed a rainbow of color. Take a deep breath. Open your eyes slowly, stretch comfortably, knowing you are okay. That was so wonderful. Thank you so much, Norm. That was such a blessing for you to share that with us. And I, I you know, one of the things when uh, I, I wanted to tell people about your um, uh, program, Medical Intuition, you did with Carolyn Mace, and that has all well, of those rings of fire uh, guided visualizations that people can... Uh, you know, I have a book coming out in January or February called Medical Intuition, mm -hmm. A Science of the Soul. Mm -hmm. And the foreword is written by Carolyn. Oh, wonderful. And there's a possibility in the making of actually a TV series on medical intuition. So I can't say anything about it at this point because we don't yes. have any definitives, but it's right. a possibility. Oh, wonderful. Well, I will keep, stay posted so I can let people know about that. That would be phenomenal. So, uh, thanks again for, for leading us in that visualization. That was incredible. So, 
have you discovered to be the root cause for chronic pain, Norm? Is there a simple remedy for the relief of chronic pain? Well, I think the single most simple remedy is to teach yourself, train yourself, practice letting go of all of your unfinished business. To me, unfinished business is anger, guilt, anxiety, or depression mm-hmm. over anything. Mm-hmm. And I often tell my patients, you know, unless you've committed murder, rape, robbery, or purposely harms anyone, you have nothing about which to feel guilty, and you have nothing really about which to be depressed. So forget it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not easy. And I have written one of my earlier books, which is a powerful tool, called 90 Days to Stress-Free Living, which gives people the daily exercises, physical, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, to help train themselves to stop living in the past. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to that, for pain relief itself, other than one of the TENS devices, one of the most powerful tools would be stimulating the ring of earth. Mm -hmm. The ring of earth, of course, helps your thyroid gland produce calcitonin, which is the strongest known pain reliever Mm -hmm. produced in the human body. I think those are the two biggies. In fact, Mm -hmm. we have a a man who's been working on our farm here for some 17, almost 18 years now. He's had some chronic shoulder problems. Well, I finally got him to stimulate the ring of earth night before last, and he slept through the whole night well for the first time. Oh, incredible. That's incredible. So, and I know it's like an epidemic with uh, women. I see so many women in practice who have thyroid dysfunction and or on medications. Um, And medications, I feel, further um, compromises the thyroid gland to become functioning. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that one up. We found that 80% of Americans are deficient in iodine. Mm Mm-hmm. We actually, as a country, average 150 micrograms of iodine a day. In contrast, the Japanese eat 13.8 milligrams a day. And they have an instance of breast cancer that is less one-third what we have in this country, Mm -hmm. an instance of prostate cancer that is one-twelfth what we have in this country. And so... For people whose temperature is consistently, after they've been out of bed three hours, below 98.6, mm-hmm. they almost certainly need iodine. Mm-hmm. And I've found that for most people, it's like 600 to 900 micrograms, that is almost a milligram, that is essential. Mm-hmm. There's a little tablet called, called Iodoral, I-O-D-O-R-A-L. Even if people would take that once a month, it would give them enough iodine. Wow, that's a that's a good tip. So, um, uh, thank you for introducing that information. So, let's talk a little bit more about depression. You've had great success with helping people overcome depression without drugs. Could you share some well, of your research and alternative methods for overcoming depression? Oh yes, yes. That in fact, I'd say of all the things, my success in treating depression is greater than anything. Mm-hmm. Discovered in 1975, a particular little stimulator called LISS, L-I-S-S, the LISS cranial stimulator, totally safe. The only contraindication would be if you have an implanted electronic device like a pacemaker. Mm -hmm. Other than that, there's no contraindication to it. If you use that for one hour every morning, and you don't even have to sit down, meditate, or anything, you can 
eat your breakfast and go to work while doing it. Um, it will relieve 50% of people who are depressed with no other intervention. Now, the best drug is supposed to be 42% effective. And I say it has a 25% complication rate, so pretty bad. If you add to that photostimulation with something called the Sheely Relaxmate, mm -hmm. which allows you to choose frequency, color, and brightness, uh, that will also help you sleep. It reduces anxiety. And when you put the Relaxmate with the uh, list stimulator, we can get 85% of people out of depression with doing nothing else. Mm -hmm. Terribly com inexpensive compared to drugs. Safe beyond belief. And yet, I've written half a dozen more papers on it. I've talked to scores of, of hospitals and societies and, phys and physicians, and they're not interested if it's not a drug. And and the reason why if it's not a drug, I mean, there's some well, there's yeah, some the conflict of is, interest there. <laughs> well, I I sense that physicians have been so brainwashed by the pharmaco mafia mm. that they just that's a strong open. that's a strong term, Norm. <laughs> well, to me, that is the term. Mm. I believe conservatively, eighty five percent of drugs should never be used. Never. And there's about 15% of time when drugs or surgery can be absolutely essential to save your life. Mm -hmm. The rest of the time, the chances are they'll make you worse. Mm -hmm. And I believe that... And a lot of drugs are mafia is the most evil part of the entire disease treatment system. They have no conscience whatsoever. Wow, that's a strong. That's a strong. That's a strong statement. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I've never been accused of being too meek. <laughs> well, you've got to tell it as you see it, you know, and and you're definitely willing to put yourself out there and be, you know, speak the truth, you know, and be and act congruently with the with the truth. That, uh, so my my um, newsletter coming out next Wednesday will be third party rape revisited. Mm -hmm. And what will that be about? Well, it'll be about the government, mm -hmm. the insurance mafia, the pharmaco mafia, and the legal profession, who are the third party, all of whom are, in my opinion, just crooks. Yeah. You so know, they, uh, I think. Do you think that? Are you there? Yep. Okay. Do you think that this period that we are in with the systems breakdown, um, do you think it's going to, you know, do you think that's a part of what is at play here, is to bring things more into alignment? Well, I hope so. I mean, that's the best we can hope is that out of all of this kerfuffle mm -hmm. will come some degree of, of sanity. Because, you know, the government moved heavily into, they call it health care, which is ridiculous that we've never had health care, into disease care in 1965 mm -hmm. with the advent of, of Medicare. Total medical expenses in this country at that time were 4.5% of gross national product. Oh, yes. By 1970, five years later, 
total medical expenses were 12% of gross national product, yeah. and health was no better. Yeah. Today, they are 17% of gross national product, and things are no better. Yeah. So, as I predicted when I wrote a letter to Johnson in 1963, if the government gets involved, it will muck things up and make it worse, not better. Mm-hmm. I was investigated by the FBI, by the way. Wow. And they tried to get me fired from my job at, at Western Reserve Medical School because I was a communist. Uh-huh. It isn't, I'm certainly not a communist. I'm a libertarian, just the opposite. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen the government do anything that was economically sound. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the government, with the insurance mafia, with the pharmacal mafia, with the legal mafia, which is what many of them turn out to be, is that they want money and control, power. Yes. Yes. And, and it's, a, it's a conflict for, of interest. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they, they're not they're working in, for human good. Yes. Yes. So, and it brings out sort of the, the, the worst characters, you know, uh, of, of, the, of what's possible in a, in a human. Yeah, rather power than nurturing. Corrupts. Yes. So, well, let's hope that we're going to be able to have some transformation and healing of our consciousness as as we awaken more, you know, all these things are coming out, you know, the awareness of them as people begin to take more responsibility for their health and the quality of their life and to take their power back. That's, that is empowerment. So uh, don't you think that's the case? Absolutely. So Absolutely. So it's, we're in interesting, very interesting times. Well, as Gladys McGarry, do you know Gladys? No, I don't. Oh, she's one of the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people in the world. Uh, She's a physician in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was one of the co-founders, early early presidents of the American Medical Association. And Gladys once said, you know, this may be the most exciting life we've ever lived. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that is what it's all about. Yes. Is the experience. Exactly. Yes, that's what we're here for, is the experience. It's not about how things are looking. You know, it's that life experience, that journey. So, do you have... What? I think it's important. You know, I always say, really, you really need to love life or leave it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, engaging fully with being alive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, well, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us before we close, Norm? Any well, yeah, events? I do want to mention my latest work on the Rejuva Matrix. Mm-hmm. This is a mattress pad, two inches thick, that you put on top of your mattress. And to make a long story short, it is produces by hooking it up to a Tesla coil human DNA frequency, mm-hmm. 54 to 78 billion cycles per second at a billionth of a watt per centimeter square. So you're lying in this field for 30 to 60 minutes a day. And what we've demonstrated now is that people who use this regrow their telomeres an average of 25 to 3% per year. Mm-hmm. Telomeres ordinarily shrink 1% per year. So we not only regrow them, let's say 2 to 3%, but 
but we don't shorten them any, so we're really regaining up to three-plus years of life every year by living on this. I'm presenting a big paper on this next week in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's fascinating. So have you been using this yourself? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Almost two and a half years now. Yeah, and what what are some of the things that you've noticed with your own health? Well, you know... I'm such a healthy person. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a significant problem. I will say, whether they're being nice or not, a lot of my students and friends who haven't seen me in a while always say, oh, wow, you look young. Mm-hmm. And I do think it rejuvenates us mm-hmm. because the telomeres, the ends of your DNA are what? Well, they, they keep you alive. Mm-hmm. They are responsible for how long you live and how healthy you are. So. Mm-hmm. I anticipate that this is going to be one of the greatest discoveries. Uh, so what century. are telomeres? Maybe you could let They us are know. the tips of your DNA. Each, you know, the double helix thing, the two strands that are intertwined, at each end have something called telomeres. And those are responsible for allowing the cells, when they're worn out, to replace themselves. Mm-hmm. As long as your telomeres are healthy, you reproduce healthy cells. Mm-hmm. And but ordinarily, average is decreased one percent every year, and if you've got bad habits, much faster. Yes, yes. So the so thoughts, the first, thoughts have a lot to do the attitude. Of course. Well, there's there's good evidence for all of those kinds of things as well. Critically important to keeping you alive longer and more healthy. Yes, because it is the quality I mean, as well as the longevity. Oh, yeah, no point in living if you're going to be decrepit. Yes. So anything else, any events you'd like to announce? or? Well, I'll be um, at usual, I think my 21st year at Hilton Head, the first week in December, Mm -hmm. at the Nicobom National Institute for Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine Conference. I'll be doing a one-day workshop on inflammation and a couple of lectures throughout the uh, the week. It's a great, great organization. Mm-hmm. And Hilton Head is absolutely gorgeous. And, and especially beautiful. that first week in December. Mm-hmm. So to learn more about Norm, Dr. Norm Sheely and his work in anti-aging medicine, please visit his website at normsheely.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks again for joining us, Norm. It has been such a pleasure and honor having you with us. Well, it's been fun being with you, and um, to everyone, hey, have a great day. It's the only one you got today. <laughs>